up in the air. Big stretch. Big stretch. And then let the hands come down. You're going to keep your face turned forward so we're not moving our head. The nose will stay exactly how it is, and you'll look up. Uh Keep the face forward, nose forward. Look to the right. Melt your shoulders a little bit. Look down. Look left. Look up. And then back to the left. And down. And right. And up. And then let your eyes close and you'll take your hands over your eyes again. Over the eyes. Soften the eyes. Soften the jaw. Hinge up the jaw as relaxed as possible. Hmm. Okay, let your hands come off and you'll twist to the right. A little upright through the spine. Oh, yeah, sorry, Mark. (laughs) Then you've twisted to the right. Keep your chin to the right and peek your eyeballs left. Like you could peek at your left ear. If you feel a strain, make less effort. Okay, come back to the center. Big breath in and out. And then you'll twist around to the other side. (coughs) Keep the chin turning towards the twist to the left. And then let the eyeballs peek around to the right. Don't let the eyes move. Chin left, eyes right. Come back to the center. Big breath in and out. Let your hands cover your eyes again. And then here, gently, softly, open and close your lips two or three times. Let the hands come back down, float your spine up. And again, your nose will be forward and you'll look up. Just the the eyes, not the face. Circle right and down and left. And up, and you'll make one more circle in that same direction. And then in the other direction, twice. And then let your eyes close and melt your shoulders. So may this practice... May this practice support you to your highest good this morning. Whatever that might be, may this practice support you so that when you leave, there's a little more resiliency and capacity to meet the challenges. And may this practice support not just you, but the broader community, acknowledging that we are all embedded in a broader community. Let's bring the hands to touch. We'll chant the sound OM just one time. Inhale. Om. 
Tuck your chin, bring your hands up to your forehead. Here we have a gesture of reverence as we step into the refuge of the practice of yoga and meditation, into the refuge of the teachings, into the refuge of a community of people cultivating wisdom and compassion. Big breath in and out. All right, both arms up. Hallelujah. It's Thursday and we're going to do yoga. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Let's go ahead. Our yoga party is growing. Yay. Let's go ahead and come all the way up to standing. All the way up. If you're just coming in, you're going to end up needing a block from the closet in the back. But take your time. No rushing to do yoga. So once you're up to standing, um, have your feet nice and wide and you'll circle your hips. Like so. <laughs> I'm tethered. Circle your hips in the other direction. Noticing how your feet take the weight foot to foot. And then we're going to shift into a twist where the arms swing. And wrap around. Let your arms be loose as possible, like Raggedy Ann and Raggedy Andy. Whichever gender you prefer to be, Raggedy Ann or Raggedy Andy. Arms swinging loose and weight shifting foot to foot. Okay, come into stillness. Bring your feet a little bit closer together, not all the way. A little bit closer, and let's inhale, arms up. Lift your chest up. Take those arms up in a kind of hallelujah gesture. Big breath in. Stay standing. Arms will come down. Both shoulders up. Inhale. Breathe out your mouth. Okay. Both arms up. Take your gaze up. Arms are wide in a kind of hallelujah gesture. Big breath in. Stay standing. Arms will come down. Both shoulders up. Inhale. Breathe out your mouth. Okay. Let's right away today turn to the right side of the room. You're going to take your feet nice and wide. So your feet will be wider than your shoulders. Wide-legged shape. All ten toes facing the long end of the mat. And you'll come on down. Hands will come down to the floor. If your back is tender, you can brace your elbows on your knees. We'll hang forward here. Let your head hang, hairy or not, with that head. Let it hang. And um, you'll take a couple deep breaths here. In particular, I'm very interested this morning, not just in the form, like the outer shape of what we're doing, But I'm also interested in your own um, attention and presence and kindness as we practice. So it's not just about the outer form to the sacrifice of everything else. We balance outer and inner. Hands to the hips. Come on up to standing. All right, arms up in a kind of hallelujah. Lift the chest. Big breath in. And then arms will come down. Turn your heels in two inches. 
Actually, let's step the feet maybe closer to shoulder width. And we're going to do, okay, there's no, no pretty yoga way to call this. We're going to do squats. You're going to lead with your behind. And if you have tender knees, you might do little minis. Minis would be good. And if your knees are feeling happy this morning and healthy, you could lead and do oh. Okay, oops. <laughs> you ready for it? Big breath in. And lead with your butts. A mini or a maxi. And inhale up. And exhale down. That's your pattern. Up. I'll be back in ten minutes. <laughs> now we'll do maybe three, four, five, six of these. You'll find that it's heating. It's very good for our bodies to build strength. I read a New York Times article this week or recently that said something about losing physical, like muscular strength after age 30. Anyone over 30 in here? <laughs> okay, and then our yoga party is going to meet with the knees bent. It could be a mini, it could be quite far. Uh, less challenge, you'll brace your forearms on your thighs. More challenge. Hands or forearms off the thighs. So you get to choose what would be supportive. Breathing is also supportive. Shoulder blades towards the spine a little bit. Yeah, that's it. Two more breaths. Have a sense of those feet on the floor. Okay, now we're going to come on up. Inhale, both arms up. Hallelujah, it's over. And forward fold. Down, 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 down. Let your head drop. Big breath. And hands to the hips. And come on up to standing. All right, get your block and put it in its home away from home, which is between your thighs. (laughs) I'm going to borrow one of your blocks. Okay. It's home away from home. And the feet are close enough together that you can squeeze the block. And your quadricep muscles are lifting and your tushy muscles are engaged and your shoulders are relaxed. The blocks are in the very back closet at the back of the room. Yeah. Okay. Um, When you squeeze your block out of curiosity, and the answer could be no, do you feel your arches lifting in your feet? No. See if you can get your arches to lift. We're in California. It's all about the journey. Your arches might not lift. But as if your arches were lifting. Okay, inhale, arms up. Stay standing, arms down, squeeze the block. Melt your shoulders. (coughs) Lift your low belly. Engage your glutes. Inhale, arms up. Hallelujah. And then exhale, arms down. Pause again. Melt your shoulders. Here we go again. Inhale, arms up. It's so basic. Exhale, arms down. Doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Pause here. Lift the arches of the feet. Lift the quadricep muscles, engage your tushy, relax your shoulders. One more time, inhale, hallelujah, and exhale, arms down. Okay, 
You can remove the block and then take your feet back wide. Hands on the hips. Inhale, lift the chest. Exhale, forward fold. Take your hands down. Take your head down. Like so. Three breaths here or so. Más o menos. Something like that. Soothing and smoothing yourself with the breath. Doing what you're doing while you're doing it. So feeling the stretch. Noticing body sensation. And then the mind is kind. Finding ways to support yourself within whatever happens. Boredom arises. How can you support yourself with that if that's arisen? Or pain or discomfort. How can you support yourself rather than tear yourself down as we practice? Hands to the hips. Come on up. Bring your feet in a bit for those squats. Toes can go out a little bit. The toes do not need to be pointing forward. I'm interested in the toes and knees going in the same direction. So they're pointing in the same direction. Big breath in. Lead with your butt. Bend your knees a little bit or a lot. Inhale up. And exhale down. And up. Now, as you do this, pay attention to the feeling in the feet. Sort of like you had those duck feet. You know how ducks have really wide feet? So have duck feet here as you go up and down. Two more. Hmm. And uh, when you get to the next knee bend, you will stay for less challenge. Brace your elbows on the knees for more. Take the hands off. Uh Uh-huh. Lift the belly. Now, engage your tushy muscles. Uh Two more breaths. Find a way to support yourself within the practice. Maybe just the question, how can I support myself, is supportive enough. Come on up. Hallelujah. It's over. And then feet will come together. And you'll get your block in it, home away from home. Okay, does somebody get, like I get when I do this, a kind of hallelujah feeling. Does somebody get a different feeling from that? Do you get a different feeling? No, what do you get? I did it. I did it. (laughs) That's good. Anybody get something like, uh, I don't know. I don't know, like something different? No, from this. Like, let's try. Hallelujah. I did it. You made it to yoga. It's dorky, I know. Okay, and then arms come down. Uh huh. Take your right arm out to the side, and we'll close it across the body, and you'll pull the arm in. Oh, shoulder stretch. You get a shoulder stretch? Uh, keep squeezing your block so we can get some block juice later. Your glutes are engaged. Doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Okay. Put just that arm down. Your other arm will come out and it'll cross over. Uh Nice, soft breathing like your life depended on the breath, which it does doing what you're doing while you're doing it, and the mind is accepting. 
and presence, wholehearted. Good. Put just the arm down. Both arms will come up. Inhale. Cactus elbows. Big breath in. Squeeze your block. Pull the hands and elbows together. And push your hands and elbows together. Like this was your life purpose. I don't know why it would be your life purpose. But pushing hands and elbows. What this does is it engages and strengthens the chest muscles. Spreads the space between the shoulder blades. And also the legs are quite active. Keep pressing hands and elbows together. Uh, Slide the fingertips up an inch or two. Keep pressing those elbows together. And then make a tiny little movement where you release the back of the neck where the neck and the skull meet. So a tiny little no or yes. Okay. And then release the hands. We'll move the block. Feet can stay together and you'll just swing the arms like so. Front to back. Let your head move a little bit. Head move a little bit. I saw this week in the window of a store all these little plastic toys with their heads moving, the head bobbling. It's very cool, head bobbling. Now in a moment, we're going to inhale those arms up, and then we'll pull the elbows back and make a kind of hoof sound in case there was any hoof that needed to get out. So let's try. Inhale, arms up, and then hoof. Oh, that was pretty good. Back to swing. All right. Maybe you have another hoomph. Here we go. Inhale up. Yeah. One more time. Swing. Okay. Here we go. Inhale up. And whoo. All right. Take the feet wide. Let's turn um, the right toes to the right for warrior two. And you'll bend the right knee. And the arms will be out to the sides. And we'll do, oh, three or four Tai Chi's in the park. Inhale, right leg straightens, arms up. Exhale, bend the knee, arms. Now, oh, that's your pattern. Soothe and smooth. Breathe. Moving meditation. Oh, we'll do four. We'll do one more for good luck. You'll have good luck all day. Okay, and then put just your arms down. Move your shoulders, move your head. And the arms will come back out to the sides. Gaze out over the right hand. Now we're going to go fancy because it's Thursday. So you're in this warrior two shape. We're going to let the back heel, it's, it's on the sticky mat, so do what you can. We're going to let the back heel rotate up and face the back of the room into a lunge. How did it go? Seems like it went pretty well. All right, arms are up by your ears. Uh-huh. And then what about taking your arms kind of wide and forward? And lift up your chest and lift your gaze a little bit. And if you have not been feeling hallelujah-like, there's a good chance you have not been feeling hallelujah-like. See if you can absorb it like a little homeopathic remedy of a chest lift or like golden 
beams. Oh, I knocked your aura. (laughs) I knocked your aura. Golden beams flowing into you. Big breath in. Exhale, hands down to the floor. Step back into downward facing dog. Mm -hmm. Good. Good. Turn your head to the right and left. And then let your head come to the center. Maybe give it one more little waggle. Let's press the right heel into the floor and take a big breath. And then press the left heel into the floor and take a big breath. Both heels come down, shift forward to plank pose like you were going to do a yoga push-up. If you get here and your wrists are tender, climb down on your elbows. If you get here and it's a little too much for your body, put your knees down on the floor. Uh-huh. Keep your hips up, whether your knees are down or not, and the gaze is forward. Find a way to support yourself within the challenge. Maybe just the question itself, how can I support myself, would be enough. Or maybe there's something to soften or breathe. Okay, head up into downward dog. That was a doozy. Big breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. Walk your feet to your hands, which is to the back of the room. Hands to your hips. Come all the way up to standing. Ah, Let's turn to the window side of the room again. Take your feet nice and wide. We're going to go into warrior two. Turn your left toes to the front of the room. Left knee will bend. Arms come out to the sides. Uh Inhale up. And exhale out. Just like so. A few more of these. Wholehearted. Whatever that might be, give yourself permission for a moment. I think I must have talked about authenticity or truthfulness maybe a month ago. Give ourselves space. We have at the foundation of what we do here in this room, respect and non-harming. All right, so you'll put just your arms down. Move your shoulders, move your head. And those arms will come out to the sides, and you'll gaze out over that left hand and breathe. Let yourself receive the pose, the healthiness of moving the body, strengthening the body, and breathing. Now, from here, we're going to shift to face the front of the room. You'll let that back heel rotate up, and you turn around and face the front. Mm. And then have the arms kind of forward and wide. Lift the chest. And then turn your face up a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. It's a little homeopathic remedy for yourself. Chest lifting. Breathing. Sense the shape in your body. Whole body. And hands will come down to the floor. 
You'll step back into downward facing dog. Here, I'll do it. You can go back to your yoga. I think that's a good idea. Mmm. Makes a big difference. Little cold breeze over here. Shift forward to plank pose. If you need to be on your elbows, climb on your elbows. If you need less challenge, put your knees on the floor. Everybody's gaze is forward. It's not a jaw exercise, so keep the jaw soft. Find a way to breathe. So healthy, weight-bearing in the upper body for your bone health. Lots of breathing. Okay, and then head back into downward dog. Mm. Big breath. And then you'll walk your feet up to your hands. Hands to your hips, come on up to standing. And we'll take a pause. Arms will be down by your sides, and I'm going to try to avoid giving you instructions, and we just have an actual pause with no instruction. Just pause. Oh, I see. Pour your weight into your feet. I can't help myself. Unlock your knees. And then see what happens... If you float your chest up a little bit, if there's just a little more sense of lift. Okay. (coughs) Good. And then we'll turn to the right side of the room and you'll take your feet wide. Let's see. Yeah. We're going to do triangle pose. So the feet come wide and the right toes turn to the back. Triangle pose is the one where you have two straight legs. And you tilt over to the side with the left arm up in the air. Yes. As best you can, imagine that there is a wall right behind your shoulders and you're making some effort to get your shoulders parallel to the wall behind you. Right? If you take your right hand too close to the floor, it's very difficult to get your shoulders parallel to any imaginary wall behind you. One more breath. Okay, press the feet into the floor to come on up. Now, we're going to keep the feet wide, but we're going to turn and face the back of the room. So to do that, you bend the right knee and lift the back foot off so you can turn it And you face the back of the room. Yeah. And you end up with both feet on the floor and the front legs straight or straightish. Hands will come around behind you. Uh So the front leg's straight. And your back foot, let's everybody move the back foot two inches to the left. Yes. Good. Pull your right hip back. Yes. Okay, big breath in. And exhale, tip forward. Keep your spine long. Gaze at your big toe. It's a lovely big toe. It would be very difficult to do this pose without a big toe. Could you be without your big toe? With the pretty toenails. 
toenail polish for some of you. Push a little bit of weight into that back foot. Scoop your belly up. Find a way to support yourself within the practice. Okay, come on up. Release your hands. You're going to bend the right knee enough that you can bring the left leg forward and off the floor. And the arms can come up in a kind of hallelujah again. Good. Stand on two feet. How did it go? (laughs) It was perfect, right? Let's turn and face this side of the room. Take your feet nice and wide. Uh Turn your left toes to the front of the room. So left toes turn. Yeah. Both legs are straight, arms out. And you tip over enough that you get a tip over, but not so much that you start to bend the spine. Ah, it's lovely. Push a bit of weight into the pinky toe edge of that back foot. Uh, Have a sense of the entire body in the pose. Hmm. See if you get some sense here. Like, I don't, in triangle pose, don't get a sense of, like, uh, an emotional quality like confidence or strength. But maybe you do. See if there's some mood triangle pose. This pose that we're doing evokes for you. Okay, come on up. Let the arms come down. Now we're going to keep the feet wide, but we turn to face the front of the room. So the back foot picks up and moves to the right. And you get your hips facing the front of the room. Left leg will be straight. Hands will come behind you. Some of you can get reverse namaste, I think, but most of us will have the elbows. Big breath in. And then tip forward some amount. Pushing into the pinky toe edge of that back foot. Lots of breathing. What are you aware of now? So that the yoga becomes a meditation. And then when we get to meditation later, we bring our bodies so that the meditation becomes a kind of yoga. Good. Come on up. Release just the arms. And then we have that balancing thing. So you bend the left knee, and you'll bring the right knee up and forward. Arms will come out. And stand on two feet. Does anybody get a, a mood for triangle pose? Like, I get hallelujah. She gets, I did it for this one. Does anybody get anything for triangle? I don't get anything for triangle. Maybe you do? Irritation. <laughs> That's something. A tautness. Uh-huh. Like pulled like that. Oh. Is that, that does not sound unpleasant. Is it unpleasant? No. All right. You get strength in triangle pose. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. 
See, I'm glad I asked. I like to hear all these things. Anybody else? Yeah, yoga's cool because it helps us with the sense of embodiment, right? Like we're actually with our bodies. Let's turn this way. Um, I want to show what we're going to do. So maybe if I come in the middle of the room, everybody can see a little better. I'm still stealing your block. Even though I, Thelma gave me my own block. <laughs> she did. She walked all the way and gave me my own block. Okay. So we're going to try fancy pose today, Ardhashandrasana. Hopefully it will not lead to too much irritation, but we can be present with that too. So you'll start in warrior two, and you get the block, and slide the block forward. That's like maybe a foot and a half. And um, the block is not in line with the big toe. It's a little towards the pinky toe side of the foot. Let's just do that. Just do the right leg first. We've all gone higgly-piggly. It doesn't matter. Start in warrior two. Right knee bent. Get the block behind the ankle. Uh And then just look down. Get the block. Take the block forward in line with the pinky toe side. About 18 inches. And then slide back. And then shift forward. And slide back. One more time. Forward. And back. Okay, let's try the other side. So turn the feet around. Bend the left knee. The block will be in the left hand. Uh And then just slide forward in line with the pinky toe side. And back. Do that three times. That's a little short. So when you come forward, you want to have the block under your shoulder. Some of you know what's happening and you're getting ahead of yourself. Okay, that's good. Let's come on up. Stand up so you can see me. Are there any questions about that one so far? No? So if you're on a mat, I'm not on a mat, but if you're on a mat and your foot's placed where when you come forward the block needs to be on the edge of the mat, that can be a problem because the block is not so stable. Can I use your mat? So what I mean is if you're right here... And the block is like, that's no good. So you have to adjust either backwards or forward. And I want the hand under the shoulder. So not like this. Do you see the difference? If you have a vase with a very narrow bottom, it's more tippy than a vase with a wide bottom. So that's why it has to come forward enough. If it's too far, that might be a little tippy too. But Okay. I must breathe. (laughs) So I'll show you what's next. Okay, so the knees bent, the block, I'll show you, you don't have to do it yet. You scooch forward, and then we'll work on lifting the back leg up and straightening the standing leg. Okay? Yeah? Let's give it a try. The worst is gonna happen is that you criticize yourself if you fall over. (laughs) That would be the worst. Falling over is not the worst. Let's try it. Doesn't matter which leg. Just scoot forward and see about lifting the back leg off with your top hand on your hip. Ah, Voila. Okay, and can you get back to warrior two? Let's do the other side. 
take the bottom hand forward, make sure it's under the shoulder. Everybody's arm placement looks great. Okay, let's get back into warrior two. Okay, that task was completed so well, I'm going to give you another task. All right, so your next task, there are two things that you could focus on. One is what happens a lot of times is this front leg turns in. Did you see that? You want to, as best you can, keep the, the standing leg turning towards the block. So if this leg swings behind you, the whole thing goes off. Does that make sense? And then... I'm going to give you only that one thing. We'll do the next thing next. So when you come forward, don't let that leg go that way. You want to keep reaching beyond your foot so that the front leg doesn't turn in. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's try one, the right side. Take your legs in warrior two. Oh, sorry, dear. I'm right in your way. And bend the knee. Take the hand forward with the block so that the hand's under the shoulder. And as you lift the back leg, reach beyond the back leg. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's great. Joe, your front thigh's turning in too much. Yes. Okay, back to warrior two. And let's try the other side. Switch around. Mm-hmm. Bend the left knee. Take the hand down, slide the block forward. Lift the back leg off. Make sure the back leg doesn't swing behind you. Okay, that's quite lovely. Let's go back to warrior two. And you'll come on up. I'm going to give you another task. Okay. So you come here. You come forward. You reach beyond the back leg. Here's the next one. Your shoulders parallel to imaginary wall behind you. Oh, Lordy. It gets more difficult. And then maybe even that arm coming up. So it's kind of a sideways pose rather than forward facing. Okay, start with the right leg. You know we're getting towards levitation, right? (laughs) One thing at a time. Bend the right knee. Take the block forward. Back leg lifts off. Make sure your bottom shoulders, bottom hands under the shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go back to warrior two. I hope this isn't your least favorite pose. Let's switch sides. <laughs> Is it better than triangle? Okay. It's kind of the same as triangle though, right? We've just lifted the back leg. Yeah, it's not quite as tight. Let's bend the left knee. Slide the left hand forward so it's under the shoulder. 
Reach beyond that back leg and then work on getting your shoulders parallel to imaginary wall behind you. It's very good. Some of you have done this before. Okay, one more breath. Let's go back to warrior two. And come on up. Okie dokie, artichokies. Any questions? It looks awesome sauce from outside. I don't know how it feels from the inside, which is maybe more important, but no questions? We're going to do one more version of it. And this one, you're not going to use the block, and you're not even going to pretend like you're going to use the block. And it's going to go like this. You're going to stand in the center of your mat, and all you'll do is step into it, and then hold, and then you'll fall over, (laughs) and then you try again. Step into it. So things that can help are reaching beyond your limbs. Reach beyond your limbs. Just step into it and hold. If you fall over, start again. Good. Come on up. Oh my God, we should have been doing Ardhachandrasana for years. All right, let's try the other leg. That looked excellent. Try the other leg. Step onto the left foot, or whichever foot you haven't done. As best you can, keep the sideways nature of the shoulders. If you fall over, just start again. We're not trying to get the hand on the floor. Come on up. That's great. That's really great. All right. Let's face the front of the room. I'm not sure. I know. (laughs) Things are uncertain. There's a teaching there. Things are uncertain. Let's face this front of the room, the original front of the room. Mm -hmm. Inhale, arms up. Exhale, forward, hold. Hmm. And then once you get in this forward fold, turn your head a little bit side to side, just to loosen your neck. Okay, hands to your hips, come on up. And then next, um, you can do this next one. I saw some of you starting to use chairs. You could do this next one with the chair or have the block in front of your feet. Even if you're very flexible, I would like the block in front of your feet, or if you want to use the chair, even though you don't know what's happening, you can go step in front of a chair. So the block is turned high, it's in front of the feet, and the feet are together, as close as your feet come. Okay. (laughs) He wants you to hop onto the block. Can you imagine? (laughs) There is actually a yoga pose where you stand on a flagpole. (laughs) We'll do that next week. All right, so you're going to come down. Get your hands on the block. Even if you can go lower, just get your hands on your block for a moment. And then once you've forward folded, take your right foot around behind the left to the pinky toe side of the other foot. So the right foot moves around behind and to the other side. You're going to put more weight on the right foot. Bend the left knee a lot. 
Let that left hip drop down. And then take the block and move the block over to the left. Uh-huh. And then here, some of you might like to turn the block lower or get rid of it entirely. Let your body lead. Uh-huh. Put most of the weight on the right foot, if not all of it. The front knee is bent a lot. What is the front knee? So left. A uh, couple breaths here. See what you notice about this pose. Receive the pose. Cultivating intimacy. Okay. Um, block comes back to the middle line. Our hands come back to the midline. Get your feet back on the sides they came from. Before we do the other side, hands to the hips. Come on up. Arms up. Hallelujah. Chest is up. Gaze is up. And then forward fold. Get the block. Turn it high. Even if you don't need it high, start high. Left foot goes around behind the right to the other side. And then you put the weight on that left foot. And you bend the right leg a lot more. And then move the block over to the right. Ooh la la. Okay, and then if your body likes, you can turn the block lower or even get rid of it at this point. Lots of breathing. Connected to body sensation. This is where our intuition lives in the body. Actually, courage lives in the body. Compassion and joy live in the body. So not just intellectual ideas, but a felt sense of aliveness through the body. Let's get the feet back on the sides they came from. Hands in block to the center. And then hands to the hips. Come on up. Take your arms up. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Stay standing and the arms will come down. Let's put the block in its home away from home between your legs. Hands will come behind your head. Thumb on the neck, pinky finger on the skull, all the other fingers in between. Squeeze your block. Squeeze your block and then begin to lift the chest up. Squeeze the block, lift the chest up, and then maybe begin to drop the head back into the hands. Let the hands push into the head. If you can't breathe, you've come too far. Squeezing the block, lifting the sternum like you had a very gentle, non-harming fish hook from God pulling you up from the sternum. One more breath. Put your head back on its stem. Forward fold. You'll remove the block on the way down and step back into downward facing dog. Two breaths, kind breaths. And then you'll come all the way down on your belly and you'll make a pile of your hands as a pillow for your forehead.
Pause. Feel the pause. Now, let's um, lengthen and activate that right leg so far back that it floats up off the floor. So that right leg lengthens back and starts to float up. Uh Keep the right hip down and the right knee up. It might be a yoga riddle. Right hip down, right knee up. And then you'll bend and straighten that leg back there. If you can, keeping the knee off the floor. This will be strengthening for your hamstring and your glutes back there. All right, finish that leg. Big breath. And then you'll do the other leg. So first the left leg lifts, it lengthens and lifts, and the hips down and the knees up. And then you'll do the slow bend and straighten of that leg behind you. Keep your neck and shoulders as soft as possible. And let the lower body work. Strength building for your hamstring. You know, the hamstrings can get um, strangely tight and weak with lots of sitting. You want to strengthen and stretch. For your health. Okay, I think that's about good. And both legs will down. And then you'll push back. When you push back into child's pose, not everybody's knees go all the way to child's pose. So you might do like a half child's pose with your tushy high or full child's pose. Let your body lead. So some sort of hips back thing, either half or all the way. And uh, let the stomach, the place you put the food, let that relax. And you'll come all the way forward back on your belly. Hmm. Let's get the hands, palms down under the shoulders. Hands under the shoulders. Uh, And then, without hurting your wrists, scooch your hands back maybe an inch, maybe three inches, but the hands scooch back towards your waist. If you get tension in your wrist, you've gone too far. Uh And then have your feet as wide as the mat. Uh Lengthen your tail towards the back of the room. Let's see, Thelma, keep your knees pointing at the mat. Oh, your toe, I see. Oh, here, I'll fix it. And then begin to push into your arms, 
Begin to push into your arms, lifting up your head and shoulders. Here, lift this up for a second. Pushing into the hands, lifting up the head and shoulders. Big breath. And then you'll come down and you'll flip over onto your back. Cloudy side up. Normally I would say sunny side up. Cloudy side up. Bend your knees. Have your feet on the floor. Okay, let's pull the knees into the chest, and you'll take the knees over to the right. And if it's too much for your back you or your hips, you can put uh, something under your knees or between your knees. Let the arms open up, and your head will turn a little bit to the left. And then letting go into the support of the floor. Relaxing your wrists, even the tips of the fingers. Let the breath be silky. Noticing the touch of the eyelids. Let's bring the legs up and over to the other side. The arms will be open, the chin turns a bit to the right. So one of the things when we practice yoga we work with, we work with our physical body, so we're building strength, which is healthy, and stretch to help maintain our range of motion. And then we're also working, when we practice yoga, we're working with the autonomic nervous system, Moving from doing into non-doing and back and forth. So here we're sliding towards non-doing. This is healthy, this oscillation between activation, fight, flight, fright, activation, doing, and the the, uh, rest and digest. This is a normal body system the nervous system flows between these two states. Very often in modern life, if we're very busy, we can get stuck on on, the doing. And just taking a, a, a moment here, this pause and this shape, even if you don't feel very relaxed or not doing, it can support the nervous system to re-regulate itself for health. 
for your health, to let those stress levels come down. The cortisol levels can lower. And then you'll find a way to stretch out in as most comfortably as possible. Stretching yourself out. If it's uncomfortable lying flat, you can put a cushion under your knees. You can put a cushion under your head. The body temperature will drop, so you might want to put your socks on or a sweater on. Making any last adjustments, if you could be 5 or 10% more comfortable. Soften your jaw. Unstick your tongue from the roof of the mouth for just a moment. Let it relax and then it'll settle back in. If you can soften from the back of the tongue right up into the roof of the mouth. up into the nasal passage. The windpipe, your esophagus settles back and down.
If you're feeling peaceful, you might not be, of course. But if you are feeling peaceful, savor that. And if you're not feeling peaceful, find a way to support yourself. Maybe just the question, how can I support myself? Or finding a part of your body that feels okay and resting your mind there. Bend your knees one at a time and place your feet on the floor. You'll roll to your right side. And then use your arms in particular, your left arm, to help you press up. And we are going to shift into meditation. If you want to sit in a chair, there's chairs in the back. And if it seems like all the chairs are taken and you want a chair, you can grab. There's a stack over by the closet. If you're sitting on the floor, you'll get cushions under your hips. And just leave your mat for now. We're going to start our meditation today with a, a breathing exercise, a yogic breathing exercise. It's a bee breath or bumblebee, like B-E-E, bumblebee breath. And it's said to uh, clear the mind. So we'll see. You'll give it a try and see if it clears the mind. It's a humming. So you'll make a humming sound. And in particular, while you're making the humming sounds, you're sensing the vibrations. You're going to feel the vibration. 
and you're, you're just going to hum, and when you run out of breath, you hum again, and then at some point, after a little bit of time, I'll ring the bell, and I'll ring it quite loud, so hopefully you can hear the bell over the humming. And then when you hear the bell, you can just let the humming stop, and you'll go into your meditation. So the other thing about this bee breath is that we do close the ears. So the little cartilage, not the lobe on the bottom, but the little flap. I think sometimes people get that one pierced too. Like that little flap, you close it. And that's why I'll ring the bell pretty loud. <laughs> okay. So you use the index finger and go gently and you'll close both hands. Big breath in and you'll hum. And you'll just keep going. Coming into silence. Coming into silence. Just observe for a moment. Remembering your uh, wholesome intentions for yourself for the meditation practice. Your reason for practicing meditation to support yourself out of care and respect. There's a flavor of kindness right from the beginning.
And then even with your eyes closed, sense the community around you, that there are like-minded people, friendly people here, and that we're sitting together. And have a sense of, if you're in the chair, your back and your hips and your feet supported. And if you're on the floor, have a sense of your hips and your legs, that sense of support, that felt sense, stability. Relaxing your hands. And then relaxing your eyes. Jaw. And lips. Have a sense of your posture. And then begin to notice the sensations of breath arising within the sensations of posture. We have the field of sensation that is posture. And within that, the sensation of breath. sensation of posture, there might be stability and then movement, both. Invite your breath to be more at ease.
with curiosity and interest, inviting your mind to settle Receiving the sensations of posture and breath. With curiosity, what supports your mind settling? Just here.
to finish this morning's meditation be a short, guided, joy meditation or mudita. Bring to mind someone who at some point that you know had some good fortune, some good, you know, maybe a child that won the track meet or got into the school they wanted to get into, or maybe just a, a child that's joyful, or it could be a pet. Someone that you can remember being happy. Someone that you care for. And you'll bring this being into your heart, mind. You might remember them smiling. It's helpful you can call their name, remember their good fortune. Remember their happiness. And then you'll say the phrase in your mind, may your happiness continue. Connect with the meaning of the word, the words. May you be successful. May your good fortune continue. Bringing to mind this being, imagining them smiling and happy. May your happiness increase. May your good fortune continue. turkey out there. I told you we were going to have a turkey signing. Three? Were they pecking at the window? Is that what the noise was? That was something else. 
So how was that to send happiness to someone that you know was happy? I ended up using, so earlier this week, um, I was doing yoga. I have a client that I do yoga with, usually inside his house, and he wanted to do yoga outside, so we went outside into a park, and um, there was this little kid. He must have been, this little boy must have been, I don't know, like 13 or 14 months. And he was so excited to see us doing yoga. He kept squealing and waving. I think if mom hadn't held him, he would have come over to do yoga with us. Right? And that sense of joy, like that little kid joyness that, that we could, that's contagious, right? Yeah. Anyway. Did, did it work, the meditation? Did it work? I don't know. What, I mean, it, that's a funny way to ask that. <laughs> Any comments or questions about Anything we've done so far. Last night, people told me that they had trouble finding someone that had good fortune. Yeah, that might have been a little difficult. Yeah, what do you have? Yeah. Uh-huh. Even more for her. Yeah. And could you f- and you could feel that resonating in you too. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else? We could wish the turkeys continued happiness and success. <laughs> Do they look happy? Ah, to be a turkey. (laughs) All right, so let's change the room. You're going to roll up your mats. If you want to stay on the floor, we're going to, what we do is we make two sort of semicircles, and um, people on the floor will come onto the rug even forward, and then people in the chairs will be in the chairs behind the people on the floor.
was on a retreat, and I was down in the parking lot, and there was a dark-colored Prius. I think it must have been a Prius, right? It was, but it was dark-colored, and there was um, three or four turkeys circling around the Prius, and every time they got where they could see the reflection in the car, they would peck, and they were just, and I watched, I must have watched for 10 or 15 minutes, and they just kept going around and around and around. It's like our lives, sometimes we go around and around, and we peck at the image. It's really just ourselves. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, they were pecking on the car. <laughs> so if you get some scratches, it's probably from the turkeys. <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, our names, and we'll do it old-fashioned style, call and response. And it goes like this. Ashley. And you'll have to use the mic, I think. Jesse. Jesse. Aaron. Aaron. Cat. Cat. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Nina. Nina. Lisa. Lisa. Mary. Mary. Tori. Tori. Caroline. Caroline. Nancy. Nancy. Gay. Gay. Jen. Jen. <laughs> Molly. Molly. Carol. Carol. Kim. Kim. Jim. Jim. Cancion. Cancion. Kelly. Kelly. Yegit. Amy. Tanya, Maya, Beatrice, Velma, Mark, Joe, Kathy, Okay, so just hold the mic for a second. Or put it down if you don't want to hold it, because sometimes it's like a hot potato. Nobody wants to hold it. <laughs> I have a question. Does anybody here have good news, large or small? Yesterday, somebody said his good news was, um, I thought it was hilarious. He, he's a teacher, and he was driving some kids to some school field trip thing. And um, he did the California roll through the right turn. He got pulled over, but he didn't get a ticket. Right? Right? So good news, large and small, doesn't have to be spiritual. Oh, I have one. We got a new refrigerator. (laughs) I know, right? (laughs) Anybody else? Good news, large or small? You have other appliance good news? Oh, wow. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. The, the part came in. Uh, uh. Yeah, what do you got? Ooh, yay. A week old. Oh, what's his name? August. 
a little August. Yeah, Carol. Ah. Ah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Lisa. My son's little league team this year. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> and Kat, I thought I saw your hand. Yeah, I. Um... sad for me. Yeah, I lost it. Husband, um, I went and got my and there was my watch. And I, was <laughs> I was like so happy. <laughs> The cats get to go? <laughs> That's great. That's really good. Good. Yeah. Oh. Oh, good. It's really interesting if we start saying, like, in a group like this, there's actually a lot of good fortune. There's really a lot. So I feel um, very happy to be here with you all today, very grateful, and um, that we get to come together. And to, just to acknowledge that there's probably other stuff in the room, too. Like, maybe you're tired today, or you're ill, or you have a biopsy on your toe, <laughs> or like whatever's here, like that's here, there's space for that too. But so often we forget to notice, like we're so worried about our problems that we forget to notice all the gifts that were here, like the gift that we get to come into this amazing room and see the turkeys and come together and do yoga and like do something wholesome like that. It's really uh, wonderful. So thank you all. I couldn't be here without you. Actually, we do this together. Um, yeah, that we can come together instead of maybe worrying so much about our problems that we can open up a little bit and hear the lovely things that are going on too. So this quality of the heart, mudita, is joy for others' good fortune. 
It's joy, but it's joy specifically for others, right? And their good fortune, which is in some ways really great because if we're joyful for ourselves, often there can be a little underlying undercurrent of anxiety like, oh, you could lose the watch again or, <laughs> right, like this. But when we can be happy for others, in some ways it's, it's pure. Like we can just be happy for others. And it doesn't have to be anything big or small, right? But that sense of appreciative joy for the good fortune of others. So it's quite relational. All these heart qualities are quite relational. Um, It puts us right. So it's not about a meditation practice where you go off by yourself in a cave and you get awakening for yourself. These heart qualities are putting us right in relationship with each other, with ourselves and each other. And it's asking us really to let go of our sense of preoccupation with our small sense of self. We can get so caught up in our world and what needs to get done, or we can get on automatic pilot, or we're so very busy. You know, modern life requires a lot of stuff get done. Um, And that we can forget that actually there are, as the Dalai Lama says, seven billion opportunities for happiness is because there are 7 billion people on this earth. Right? So we can let go of our sense of self-preoccupation a little bit and open to others. And then some of you don't know each other, right, in this room. Some of you know each other. You've been coming a while, but we don't know each other. But still there can be like a sense of happiness for the happiness of others. Could you feel that? Right? Like that sense of joy for others and uh, happiness. Maybe joy is too strong a word. Maybe you have this idea about what it is. It could be just like that little flutter of, oh, like whatever that might be called for you, for others. So the sense of connection and intimacy that can happen with that. So these four heart qualities that we talk about, that I've been talking about, the first one was loving kindness, and then the second one was compassion, and now we have joy. And next week, to be continued, will be equanimity. They are, um, it's like looking at our hearts. It's like looking at the jewel of the heart from different views. So on different lights, you see different things. So we have kindness, loving kindness, or holistic kindness, or unconditional benevolence, this quality of metta, that in a certain light, when difficulties arise, compassion will be there. And then in another light, when there's something, uh, good fortune arising, then the joy will be there. And then this sense of equanimity that balances it all, this sense of spaciousness around the comings and goings, the ups and downs of life. And these four qualities are said to be um, balancing of each other or a, uh, a sense of supporting each other and maturing each other, I would even say. So we have uh, this holistic kindness, this quality of metta, but if it devolves into a kind of attachment, then we find the compassion there for that. And if the compassion gets really bogged down and heavy, then we have joy to bring us out of that. And then if the joy gets disconnected 
and, and sort of um, just ex like kind of like too up here and disconnected, the equanimity can help balance us, kind of hold, hold it all in balance. And if the equanimity gets too spaced out and disconnected, the metta, the loving kindness, will bring us back. So these qualities balance and support each other. There are also all the four qualities are said to be boundless, infinite, without limits. And I feel like this is maybe easier to see with uh, compassion or love or even equanimity, but this quality of uh, joy for others. Because sometimes it seems like, oh, he's got something I don't have, and so... Like there's like that sense of scarcity, but actually joy is also unlimited, like the, to be cultivated. That if someone has more joy, it doesn't mean there's less for me. There's plenty to go around. But sometimes the opposite can happen. Have you noticed this? Anybody familiar with jealousy? Envy? So a few months ago, and I think probably a lot of you voted for me, I got nominated. It's really awesome. I got nominated to be um, Best East Bay Yoga Teacher. Right? I know. It's great, right? I didn't win. (laughs) So the woman that won, I know her, right? She's a colleague, a peer of mine. And it's, you know... (laughs) like our minds do this thing I guess the fan came on or something so then you know what do I do like I diminish her in my mind like oh it's because she does pole dancing too so she's got this (laughs) right like our minds do this we diminish each other (laughs) And it's, kind of, it's actually part of our culture a little bit that we, we don't always have the capacity and we don't have it mirrored around us how to be joyful for others. So the instruction is to actually practice with that, to work with that, to let it go, to let it go. Because it doesn't increase intimacy You know, if somebody has some good fortune, a friend of mine, and I speak to them about it, and I actually get that feeling, if that feeling comes of happiness for them, they can feel it too. And then they get happy that I'm happy for them, and then I'm happy, right? Like, and it's contagious. So again, it's pointing us towards the, the loosening of that boundary of me that sense of small self, and understanding that it is, is intimate, intimacy creating, that it's not just about like the outlines of me, I'm over here and you're over here, but actually we're here together and that we are part of each other, that we all are in this world with its 10,000 sorrows and 10,000 joys together. And so if I can be happy, happy for a friend who's got some happiness, and then, right, it increases connection, and it deepens the friendship, which is a beautiful thing. 
And then perhaps you'll get more friends. So I recommend cultivating this. Right? That sense of really belonging and being held. So moving away from that sense of disconnect and not belonging and moving towards intimacy and connection and belonging. So um, in the teachings, all of these four qualities have something called the near enemy and the far enemy. The far enemy is the opposite. So my friend who actually won the competition, what arose was the opposite of of, uh, mudita, which was jealousy and judgment, right? That was the opposite. That's the far enemy. That's pretty obvious. And then the near enemy, the near enemy, the near enemy is a quality that looks a little bit like the quality that we're talking about, but if we actually have some discernment, we can see that it's not quite the same. And so the near enemy of this quality of mudita is said to be frivolity or um, exuberance. And I'm not sure either of those words actually are um, don't land for me exactly what it means. What it means is when you get really stuck on always only finding joy. Like maybe you know somebody like this where like they seem incapable of actually just connecting when things are difficult because they're always on to that next joyful thing. And that's it's not quite what we're talking about. I have a friend who when she was 18 or 19, so she was pretty young, her older brother, her brother was a couple years older than her, died. And it was really hard for her. Like, you know, her brother died. And she said um, that what came with the grief, right? So the grief came and the compassion, like it had washed over her. But she said the interesting thing was it was one of the most joyful and alive times of her life, too because she was able to be with the grief. She didn't actually have a choice. That can happen sometimes. We don't actually have a choice with the grief. It just comes. And because she was with the grief, there is compassion there, then the joy arose too, and that she was more alive. So this quality of mudita is not um, something that we can hold on to. Right? It's always coming and going. Like there'll be moments of it and then it'll go. But it's to be savored when it's here. Like we felt it, right? Saying the good things. We felt it. It's to be savored when it's here. It's to be enjoyed, enriched, so it can enrich our lives. I keep having a whisper of a thought and I can't remember what it was. was very brilliant. <laughs> yeah, Amy. Right. Yeah. Right. But the reality is that everybody can 
Right, it can be a way to help balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful. That prompted me, thank you. <laughs> so the thing also about this quality of mudita, um, you can give yourself permission to let go, or uh, how do I say, let go, but or not take so seriously your judgments about what's going on for the other pe- person. We can just be delighted in their delight. So somebody gets married and you think that marriage is oppression, you don't have to go into that, right? Like your view. (laughs) You can be happy for their happiness. Somebody gets a new refrigerator. (laughs) And you might have the view that there's this crass consumerism and that it's global warming and blah, 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 that's causing all this suffering. Like, yeah, And, and there's that. But then also the, the happiness that's there, right? So that, again, it's pointing to this way where we can begin to let go of that um, tightness around our own views. And I don't mean that you give up that view, but also the willingness to see something from somebody else's point of view and allow them to be happy for their happinesses. It might not be the thing that you would be happy about, but it's something that they can be happy about. And that's a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. So I have, I want to finish with a little poem, and then there'll be probably a couple minutes for comments. This is um, a poem by Mary Oliver. I'm sorry I didn't print it out, but I have it right here. And it's, um, joy is not made to be a crumb. You know, like a crumb, like a little piece of a sweet thing. (laughs) Joy is not made to be a crumb. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, don't hesitate. Give in to it. There are plenty of lives and whole towns destroyed or about to be. We are not wise and not very often kind. And much can never be redeemed. Still, life has possibility left. Perhaps this is its way of fighting back. That sometimes something happens better than all the riches or power in the world. It could be anything. But very likely you notice it in the instant when love begins. Anyway, that's often the case. Anyway, whatever it is, don't be afraid of its plenty. Joy is not made to be a crumb. So, and then one other thing to point out, that this cultivation of a wholesome mind state, you know, we might be thinking, oh, maybe you're thinking, maybe not. Like, oh, I'm at a Buddhist center, and the first noble truth is there is suffering, and like, this is, you know, we're, we're all about suffering as Buddhists, whether or not you feel like you're a Buddhist. But actually, this is um, in the category of wise effort. So some of you know the Eightfold Path that the Buddha taught, which were eight techniques, eight techniques 
for the cultivation of wisdom and compassion, eight techniques to reduce harm and suffering for yourself and others around you, and one of these eight is wise effort. And within wise effort, there are four wise efforts, which I'm not going to go over, but one of the efforts is the cultivation of wholesome states of mind and heart. That we're actually asked to cultivate joy. Right? The Buddha was talked about, he was said that he was the happy one, even though he taught about suffering and the end of suffering. And that didn't mean he was disconnected from suffering. The deep compassion was there, but the deep joy was there too. All of it. All right, so are there any comments or questions about mudita, joy? Yes, Mark. that's really shows us how um, joy is actually innate to us. Like when we're around little children, like it comes, of course, little children cry and scream too. I'm not, you know, not to be Pollyanna, or Pollyanna about it, but, but also like there's that joy there. Like you use the word pure, right? Like it's there and it's contagious to be around little kids. So you have two homeworks, um, babysit little children, <laughs> And then your other homework, actually more seriously, is to, uh, this week, notice notice little bits of things that you can be joyful for. So you might see a couple gaze lovingly at each other, and that could bring like a little bit of joy. Or maybe a beautiful garden, right? Like there's so, if we start to look if we're present. It's actually why you practice mindfulness meditation. It's not so that you can be a good meditator when you come here once a week or twice a week, however many times. It's actually so that this quality of presence, when you leave, can support you. And if you're present so often, then those things, like, like Mary Oliver said, right? Like it just comes suddenly. And it's and, and then let it, like, actually feel it, be present to it, so it can um, help us, support us. So you got your homework? Yeah. Anything else? I think we have um, time for one more comment. Hmm. Yeah. I volunteer at the guide dogs for the blind. Ah. Animals. Animals can be a good one. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so let's do, I'm going to do announcements and then a very brief closing. Time went fast for me today. I hope it went fast for you too, yeah. So if you haven't paid, there's a basket and a chair at the back somewhere. Please do pay. Spirit Rock uh, appreciates it, and I actually also appreciate it. Um, and then, um, like I was saying, it's a, it's a community-wide month of meta, of loving kindness, and Spirit Rock is in particular fundraising for their scholarship program. So here at Spirit Rock last year, they gave away over half a million dollars in scholarship for retreats, and one in four people that came here received scholarship money. So if you have the means, it doesn't have to be a big amount, but if you have a means at all to support that, there's a little desk by the office, and you can, there's a donation bucket, and you can make a donation to support uh, others so that they can practice here. And then if you can help us put away cushions, if you have to go, you have to go. But if you have a moment to help put away cushions, I think I only opened one window at this point, and we have to put the room kind of back to where it was. Did I miss any announcements? I think that's all, right? Yeah? Okay. So um, take a moment and bring a hand on your chest. And you'll take a breath and see if you can actually feel the hand resting on your chest. And acknowledge all of your efforts. Acknowledge all of your efforts. All of your care for this world. Care for your family. So may you be safe and protected and may you be as healthy as possible. And may you know great joy. Let's take the hands, palms facing out or up somehow, as if you could send out blessings from your heart through your hands. So if there's any goodness, any wholesomeness from this practice, any merit, let's send that out into the world, and in particular, dedicating that wholesomeness, that merit, to anybody that's suffering physically, injury, illness, or aging, anybody this morning who's got body pain. Let's bring the hands to touch. May all beings everywhere know peace and joy and the causes of peace and joy. Thank you. Did you have an announcement, Laura? Yeah, I wanted to tell you that you can leave your chairs and cushions where they are. Oh, right here. okay. All right. Yeah, thank you all. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.